Welcome to Garden of Sound, presented by The Nephilist. I'm your host, Ian Turner. This week on the show, I'm talking to Amelia Grinnell. She was born into a musical family. There was no chance of her talent going unnoticed. She won a TUI for her second album, Three Feathers, which is now diversifying in both sound and genre. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Amelia Grinnell. What's your first memory of music in your life? Probably being at the music festivals that my parents ran, the White Cross Family Music Festivals. Um, they ran them for 14 years and uh, they finished when I was about 10. But I used I have memories of sitting on the front of the stage just looking up and watching all the music. I also have memories of... Part of the festival was my parents would put on a house concert in our lounge. Um, so I remember just someone playing the piano and the lounge being filled with people. And now as an adult, I do, I put on my own house concerts. So it's pretty cool to have that memory of being a very small child, being in house concerts and then now doing them myself and organising them and, yeah. So this early introduction to music and festivals, did that lead you on your way? Definitely. I think all of us kids, I've got three big brothers and all of us um, just were inspired as children watching all the different musicians and met quite a lot of them and then decided we all wanted to play various instruments. So describe uh, what the family band looked, felt, sounded like? Back then, there wasn't really a family band. Dad, John Grinnell, did his country folk singing. My three brothers, as teenagers, um, were in a band called the Psycho Puppets and also another band called Bunyip after that. Um, and then I started playing when I was 10 years old just as a singer, songwriter, folk um, musician. And then, but in recent years, the last few years, we did have a Grinnell family band. We did one for the Nelson Arts Festival, and we also performed at Tora 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 Festival up above Wellington. Um, that was about three years ago. Yeah, so that was really cool. And that was us playing Dad's songs. Um, so Redford, my brother, on drums, Denver on bass, Oakley on guitar, myself on guitar as well, and singing. Um, and we did a couple of my songs and a couple of Oakley's songs as well. So it was a family band, and I'm really glad we got to do that. So what kind of things are keeping you keeping you busy at the moment? Um, solo mama to one wonderful 10-year-old daughter. And um, I do various different jobs, nannying, house cleaning, cafe working, gigging, all of those. <laughs> So would you say it's tough to make a living from music in New Zealand? Yes, it is. Smaller. Um, I'm not a big pusher of promoting myself as like pushing people to buy my music a lot. Um, I mainly sell CDs still if people still have CD players. I'll, I'll mainly just sell them at gigs. There's barely any CD shops anymore. I've got a few in a couple of different gift shops around New Zealand. But, um, 
Yeah, so there's CDs and then, but online selling of music, I'm, I haven't been incredibly up there or out there with that kind of thing. Um, I think for me, you need a certain amount of energy and confidence with that kind of thing. And I think I really like the magic of live performance. So trying to put on special concerts in different places like little church halls or house concerts um, is a fun and interesting way to to do sit-down concerts rather than loud bar gigs kind of thing. So, yeah. Going back to when you started playing as a as a ten year old or performing at least, uh, who were your influences back then? Who were you listening to? Bikranga, definitely. Anika Moore, Jewel, um, Annie DeFranco, um, and then as I got older, I would often listen to who my brothers were listening to. So, um, totally got into Bob Marley and loved his music and a few different other reggae bands that my brothers were listening to. Um, yeah, a big, big kind of mix, but mainly kind of the folk, folky singer-songwriter genres. And then as a teenager, like dance party music and yeah. <laughs> so now thinking about your daughter, do you influence any of her listening habits? She's definitely going into the tween lands and so pop music is a big part of our life. Um, there's definitely pop music that I love and will dance with her too and so we have different playlists we make each, um, some that we like together and some that I can't stand and she can listen to without me in the room. <laughs> um, but she's also grown up going to a lot of different concerts, festivals, gigs. And um, so she is exposed to a big variety of music and also the playlist that I listen to in the house she's listening to. And so, yeah, definitely at the moment her favourite is pop, but she also has some other really lovely bands and people that she loves listening to as well, kind of folky stuff. So that's cool. Who are you listening to these days, or more importantly, who who has tremendously influenced um, the music that you write and play? I'm not quite sure how I discovered Gillian Welsh. I'm guessing maybe from my dad, but she is a country singer from the States, and I'm a huge fan of hers. I don't play many cover songs, but I seem to have mainly learnt Gillian Welsh covers. <laughs> um and so, yeah, she's she's an incredible writer and a very beautiful singer and guitarist. And then her husband, David Rawlings, plays banjo and sings harmonies. And when he sings the harmonies, it sounds like she's singing the harmonies. Like he sometimes makes his voice sound exactly like hers, but they're singing at the same time. A really kind of simple, stripped-back, old-fashioned country style of folk. It's awesome. Um, so she's one of my favourite artists. And, yeah, I play probably about six or seven of her songs. Can we hear one of her tracks? Yes. I um, I love the song Hard Times, and it was one of the, one, the first ones that I learnt of hers. So this is Hard Times. There was a captain man 
used to plow and sing And he loved that mule and the mule loved him When the day got long As it does about now I'd hear him singing to his mule
was the first gig that you actually paid some money to see? What I remember is going to the Cranberries in the town, Christchurch Town Hall. Um, so one of the first songs I learnt to play was Zombie by the Cranberries. And um, we sang it at our... So I think, yeah, I must have been 10 or 11 when they came. I remember singing it at our primary school, like graduation, the end of my 10th year. So um, me and my friend Hannah, we sang that. And and then, yeah, the next year, saved up. Mum helped me to get to the Cranberries. It was very wonderful and exciting. What was your reaction to uh, Dolores Reardon's death? I was really surprised. I haven't actually read much about what, happened but yeah I yeah it was kind of took me back to thinking about that music and those first first songs that I was singing of of hers and and I remember winning their CD off Radio New Zealand or no the listener the listener because my parents got the listener and I wrote in and I won the CD I was so excited it made me kind of want to find the CD and I, I don't have it anymore so you've been at a few festivals, a few gigs in your life. What's the worst moment you've ever had when you were on stage? I do remember being in the Rockwest, um, and it was the the heats, the Rockwest heats, and something happened to my voice because I was so nervous, and it got real shaky. <laughs> I can't quite remember what it did, but I just remember feeling mortified and getting off stage and my one of my best friends was in the audience and said, you did this really amazing thing with your voice. Like it did this real cool, like wavery thing. I was like, oh my gosh, that was my nerves and I felt awful. <laughs> but I'm really glad you liked it. <laughs> so have you worked this into your act in the <laughs> no. intervening years? No. I find nerves so interesting. I still can totally get nervous. So have you got any rituals before performances, things that you'll go through to make sure you have a great show? Um, warm tea, like lemon ginger tea. Um, try and have a little moment by myself where I'm not talking to people out the back or audience members or anything. Um, and... I just kind of last year kind of didn't think I had the confidence to open for a musician that I really love. And then I thought, no, you, you've you got a gift and this is actually your time to share it and you don't have to think about you being up there and um, being nervous about that. Just think the universe has got your back. So before that particular concert I just kept saying the universe has got your back the universe has got your back whatever happens the universe has got your back and you're you're going to be okay you're not gonna you know fail who were you opening for Thomas Oliver at Blue Smoke it was great and had a really great concert even though I was nervous I still get it it's there and I'm aware of it but you just got to get through yeah for those up-and-coming musicians, perhaps um, may not have embarked out on Rock Quest or anything of that nature, uh, what other sort of tips would you pass on? I really think just talking to other other musicians, um, listening to as much music as you can, 
yeah, talking to, seeing if you can meet up with musicians that are performing or doing things that you would like to do and see if they can mentor you a bit or um, talk to you about how to go about maybe recording your first single or or songwriting, if you've never done songwriting, um, seeing what's out there for that, workshops or, yeah, I think just believing in yourself and it's exciting, it's really amazing to share music. It's, I think, one of the most powerful healers in the world. Um, I need it every single day of my life, <laughs> listening to it or singing. Um, and writing has always just been an amazing tool to process anything that's happening. And, um, yeah, I did a songwriting workshop in the States last year, and that was amazing. To, it was the first time I've ever done it, and it was amazing to see um, these women. It was a women's festival I was participating in. See them who have never written a song before, and at the end we'd all written little bits of songs and see them like crying because they were so blown away and some of them had never sung in front of anyone before it was a finding your voice workshop so we did a lot of singing and then we did some songwriting and yeah that was incredibly inspiring to see other people who had never done something that I do all the time be so blown away of this lovely gift that we were all doing it was it was really cool so what was the last track you had a good old cry to? Oh my gosh. Um, I was flying back from Wellington and I'd been to see the Staves, who are a three a trio of sisters from England. And, um, and I was flying up above Wellington. And Wellington has always got a piece of my heart. I've lived on and off there for 10 years, between there and Christchurch. And I'll always have a piece of my heart there. And as I was leaving Wellington, and I'd had this beautiful time seeing family and the most amazing concert I'd been to was the Staves. And on the way flying out, I was listening to this song and the clouds and this, the evening sunlight was like streaming through and it was amazing. Basically, I felt like this dragon. And the song was, I think it was Tidal Wave by Old Sea Brigade. What's a favourite piece of music of yours? Or maybe something you're listening to a lot at the moment? There's a really lovely song by Billy Martin called Live. Maybe it's called Live, not quite sure. Live Live. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and I just really like the way she explains everything in the song. And basically she's, she's telling a story about the places she wants to go and the excitement that's out in the world, but there's also people that tell you that you shouldn't go do this and you've got to be safe and you've got to do that. And and um, I just totally relate to that. I would love to do more travel and I want to go here and I want to go there. And, yeah, it's a beautiful song. I love her writing. I love her songwriting and guitar playing and singing. See 
stones when I do fall. They say, Don't go up, don't go up too fast. Cause I feel it all, and I need to live a little at last. listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Amelia Grinnell. How do you write music? How do you come up with ideas? How do you how do you get them out into the real world? Well, this is the way that I do it and I have found over the years that most people do it differently. I pick up my guitar and I start fiddling around with making up chords and just putting my fingers on the fretboard and coming up with something then like chords, so a chord progression, then the rhythm, so either picking or strumming, then I hum, and then lyrics come. And then I always only do the first verse, and then I'm tired and need to go to bed, because this is usually where I get inspired to do it, is late at night. <laughs> um, so I, I rarely ever write a whole song at once. I do the first verse, 
maybe a chorus or the next bit. Often my songs aren't really um, classic form formations. Um, and then I leave it and then I'll come back maybe the next day, but maybe not for two more weeks to that song. So I'd have a lot of chapters with my songwriting. Um, I have heard most of my friends that are songwriters come up with lyrics first. They sit without an instrument and they come up with lyrics and then they put the lyrics to music. So I've done a bit of that and I'm wanting to um, play around with that a bit more this year. Um, but yeah, that's that's my process. Where do your lyrics come from? Where do your stories come from? When I was in my 20s, way back then, <laughs> um, I remember just sitting wherever I was, but I always looked out the window and if I saw something moving past or a certain thing in nature, that would come into the story or a colour. Sometimes I'll flick through magazines and pluck words out randomly, um, like a nice inspiring word that I like the sound of. Sometimes I'll tell a story that's completely made up. Sometimes I will um, write what's going on for me or or for a friend at that time. So, yeah, it's always different, and I never know what's going to come out, and something just does. What about collaborations? Have you found that your output is different with other people, perhaps introducing different instruments? Um. So I'm in a duo, the Swan Sisters, and we have mainly written separately and then brought each other's songs and worked together to find harmonies and another guitar pick picking bit or a ukulele bit um, but now we live in the same city we're wanting to write more together so we're excited to do that and I'm also going to start a new band with my other singer-songwriter good friend Bryony Matthews um, and our friend Josh who plays guitar and makes beats and we're going to do something completely different where I don't want to play guitar I want to play a drum and just do vocals and so Bryony and I will do harmonies and it'll be completely different to our songwriter folk singing guitarist vibe it'll be something completely different I'm really excited to explore that <laughs> just about to embark on it this week we're having our first band practice does this band have a name yet it doesn't have a name yet okay can we hear something that you've written sure thing this one's called wooden window cells and um, it was quite a few years ago now, maybe four years ago, I flew up to Waiheke to a family friend's batch by myself with my guitar and I stayed over there for about three nights and just dedicated that time to songwriting and finishing the album, swimming every day, being by myself um, and finishing some of the songs that were going on the album Autumn, which I released two and a half years ago. Um, so this is one of those ones. And I think it may have started like a little letter to a friend. Um, but, yeah, wooden windowsill. <laughs>
Listening to the Garden of Sound interview with Amelia Grinnell. Where do you, or where have you done um, majority of your recording? Um, when I did the album Three Feathers, it was at we recorded at my our family farm. So my brother Oakley was uh, producing that one and recording it. So we took gear out to the family farm and then. 
we did a few more um, takes of different layers in Melbourne and where he was in Melbourne and I was living in Wellington so I did a few more things there and then my latest album Autumn was recorded with Warren Maxwell in Featherstone Studios in Featherston. Okay. Yeah. And what was that experience like? It was amazing. He's a legend and I had my brother Redford on drums again for that album um, and Johnny Lawrence, a great family friend on bass and then I also did um, some more layers back in Wellington City um, at the Blue Barn Studios yeah so it was a bit of a long both the albums took quite a long time to do but it was a lot of fun are you happy with how they've turned out? yeah yeah Um, okay so we talked about your worst memory at least which didn't sound that bad, to be honest. I'm sure there's something worse that's happened along along the way. But what about some of your best times performing? Um, definitely WOMAD with my... Um, we did a WOMAD a few years ago with Amelia Grinnell and band, which was my brother Redford on drums. Um, two more brothers that aren't my brothers but they are brothers AJ Hickling on the keys and Ian Hickling on the bass and um, my partner at the time on percussion and some singing and spoken word as well so that was just an amazing performance to do like the sun was going down and the audience were just incredible and yeah that was just a beautiful beautiful place to perform and then went there again last year with this the duo that I'm in, the Swan Sisters, and we had a full band as well, my brother on drums, um, Chris Weathy on double bass, my good friend Phil Jones on the banjo and um, some backing vocals, and then Amy Grace, Amy Grace and me on guitar and ukulele and singing. So those two have definitely been highlights. WOMAD is just the most well-run festival in New Zealand that I've been a part of, and you're treated so well I said to Amy, well, we've peaked now. This is the best. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a really, really cool festival to be part of and I feel very blessed to have been able to do it a few times. Are there any folks that you, uh, or types of folks that you don't have time for in the business? Actually, I do have an answer. I was playing a concert in Wellington quite a few years ago and we were coming to the end of a summer tour, so we were exhausted, but it was... It was so amazing. I love doing, I love touring and we're lucky to perform lots of beautiful, magical places. This one was at a bar called Meow um, and the people just, it was a cover charge and usually with a cover charge, with our kind of shows, people are, are listening, they're a listening audience and so there were people up the front trying to listen but then there was a couple of tables and they just chatted and chatted and chatted and it was just, yeah, it can be really difficult in that scenario. You just feel like your work that you're sharing and um, your art and you're sharing parts of your history and heart, really, with your songwriting and not being able to be respected in that sense. Um, yeah, that's a bit tricky. So, yeah, respect your your um, friends and listen. <laughs> How did the evening end up? Um, 
I remember at one point I stopped playing one of the songs and just was like, oh, I won't play my quiet ones because these people can't hear them. So I just played the louder ones and it was all okay. It was just a bit draining. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard. Mm. What's something that you've always wanted to do musically, an unfulfilled goal, dream? Well, um, after releasing the album Autumn, I already had it in my head that the next thing I was going to do was to write my children's album. And um, I have, I do have children's CDs at the gigs that I play that I sing on that are my stepdad's songs that he's written. Um, but I really have written two or three children's songs, but I want to actually make a full-length album of children's songs and record it in a way that I would with my musician friends and I'm really excited about it but I just haven't given myself the time to focus on writing them so that is um, something I'm really excited to do and I will get there one day Is there a track that you want to take us out with today? Yeah, I will um, play Three Feathers which is the title track of my second album Um, it was written for a beautiful friend of ours, Mera, and it started off as an email to her when I found out she had cancer, um, and then it turned into a song, and then we recorded the song, and then it became, yeah, the title track of the album, and the album is dedicated in loving memory of this beautiful star.
for joining me today. This week's guest was Amelia Grinnell. You can listen to the show again by visiting plainsfm.org.nz and there's an extended version of the show available right now at gardenofsound.nz. You can also vote for your favourite Kiwi song in the New Zealand Music Month Top 20 Countdown with thanks to Taha Sparkling Tonic. On the 31st of May, I'll run a special one-hour show with the Top 20 Kiwi Songs of All Time as voted by you. So head along to gardenofsound.nz right now and have your say. You could be winning for yourself a case full of Taha Sparkling Tonic. That address again, gardenofsound.nz. And it's all in support of New Zealand Music Month. Thanks for joining me this week. I'm Ian Turner. This has been Garden of Sound presented by The Nephilist.